couple of episodes ago, or was it just the previous, the previous episode? I'm not sure. I was speaking about K-Service. And K-Service, if you'll recall, was this sort of gateway to um, the infrastructure. How does it describe itself again? K-Service provides a plug-in framework for handling desktop services. That's actually a really good summary of itself. Good job, K-Service. Whoever wrote that could have been Pat for all I know. Goes on to say that a K-Service can be, or service can be a application or library they can be bound to mind types or handled by application-specific code. It occurred to me that I didn't really give an example of how to actually leverage that. I think I cited some examples, like the fact that a .desktop file works, you know, because of K-Service, that sort of thing. Or rather, that K-Service taps into the .desktop file type, which is a free desktop spec. But uh, it, it, it came up uh, some, some stuff about, like, what you can do with with dot desktop files came up in an email exchange I had with someone and not a listener to the show. So I won't name them specifically because they did not email me with the intent of, of contacting a podcast. They emailed me as a as a person instead. So I will not reveal this person's name. Let's just call this person Bob, which actually could be the person's name for all you know. I mean, you don't know, but whatever. We're going to call this person Bob. So Bob emailed me and and was mentioning the problem of metadata, which if you've listened to this show uh, for any amount of time, longer than a year, uh, you may have heard me, may not have, but I may have complained about metadata before. And my, my thing about metadata is that I love metadata in theory. I absolutely think it's brilliant. I think it's something that you should be able to do with your data. You should be able to attach data to your data. You should be able to classify and quantify all of your data for yourself. You should be able to tag it. You should be able to annotate it. It's just, it, that's something that should be super, super easy. And my problem with metadata is that it is not. It is not easy. Uh, some of them are vaguely easy, like EXIF data on specifically graphic file, graphic file formats. That tends to be pretty simple. But it has, it, it's got to be EXIF data, and whether or not your application of 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 whatever you're using whether or not that even bothers tapping into the exif data is kind of anybody's guess and and again that's just for a specific file format so if you if you want to do the equivalent of exif data on a plain text file that doesn't quite work um so another part of the one of the problems here is that in in certain file systems there are no there's no there's no allocation for metadata so you might annotate something on an ext4 file system and then scp it over to your um i don't want to slander any other file system but here's something that i can slander or or say for definitively tempfs uh so i sometimes use a ram disk for quick quick things that i'm just going to I need to process quickly, right? I don't even need to commit to disk. I just put it somewhere. Well, I create a RAM disk. So that's a, a, a I believe that's a tempfs. Yeah, what did I believe? It is. It's tempfs is is how I mount it in uh, fstab, fstab. 
So that file system has no, it, it apparently has no extended attributes because every time I try to, if I put a file into RAM disk, its extended attributes disappear. If I try to put extended attributes onto a file in RAM disk, it just doesn't work. It just fails, I think, silently possibly, or, or maybe it says that I'm, that, that operation isn't allowed or something. I forget, but uh, it just doesn't work. So, and, and that's just, I mean, you know, so if you, if you send, that's just within Linux, right? If you send it over to, I don't know, NTFS or something, who knows? Maybe it'll be, maybe there is metadata there, but it'll be a different set. Uh, HFS plus, which you shouldn't be using under any circumstance anyway, because it's a horrible file system. Uh, you send something over there and maybe the extended attributes, again, maybe it exists, but not in the same way. It has a different set of, of definitions. So I, I think what I would love to see is the wider community c community of computer users, computerists, uh, to sort of settle on an open standard for metadata, for extended attributes, whatever, so that you can just look at any file, roll over it, or right-click on it, or, or whatever. You know, the, the interface can change, right? But the underlying expectation of that file system would be the same no matter what with very few exceptions. And those few exceptions, I imagine, would become the odd man out, because who wants to be the file system that doesn't support all of your fancy metadata? So I love metadata in theory. It makes me sad that it's not really, really easy to interact with. And that's it's the kind of thing where where if it's not easy to interact with, then it, it becomes functionally useless. Like, yes, I can tag all of my files. Great. I'll never see those tags again. I can't sort by the tags. I can't, I can't, um, select by tag. I can't view only those tags. So what's the point? Why, why, why do I care about this metadata? Why am I even doing this? Well, people don't because it's, it is not integrated with, with their workflow. And, and if you want to make it practical for yourself, then you have to design your workflow around it. And that's, I mean, that's fine if that's what you want to do, but that's not really all that pragmatic f on, a, on a large scale, right? I mean, it might be fine for you, might be fine for me. It's not, by the way, for me. Um, but but it's not, it's not all right for everyone. Uh, and possibly maybe because of their preference. Well, I don't want to have to do a three-line grep statement, get fatter dash dash dump blah pipe grep pipe awk you know like you don't want to have to do that just to find a stupid tag uh file in your in your file system or maybe it's because it just literally doesn't work with your workflow like no that will not function like i'm i'm in this application i want to open things by tag I cannot sort in that file chooser by tag because it's this weird extended attribute thing that sort of exists on certain file systems and for which this file chooser gives me no option. There's no allowance for that. So metadata should be easier to use. That's my feelings on metadata in case you weren't, weren't aware. Um, what I'm about to do does not solve that problem in any way. But it does demonstrate the um, the function or a possible function of of case services or a case service uh, a, a dot desktop file the desktop services plugin framework in KDE. Now th there's there are iterations of this that you can do on other desktops. I'm just doing it on KDE because that's kind of the desktop that comes with Slackware, and it's also the topic of of the K service is about KDE, right? 
Um, okay, so we're going to make a metadata handler for files on the Plasma desktop. I'll put all of this in show notes as well. It's not it's not super complicated, but it's it's a thing that you have to do manually right now um, if you want it. So the um, the first thing is to make a directory. So mkdir dash p as in parent because they're going to make a couple of different directories, and we're going to make one in home. So tilde slash dot local slash share slash uh, kio. KIO does not exist, so you'll be typing that one out manually. KIO slash service menus. That's service menu plural S. So S E R V I C E M U N U S. Okay, so you make that directory. That exists. And now you could open up a file, the, the a file in your favorite text editor. I'm going to open it up in Emacs. And the file is going to be tilde slash dot local slash share slash kio slash service menus slash set fatter dot desktop. So that is set s e t and then f as in well I mean it's as in foxtrot but what what does that actually stand for set 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 extended attributes of file system objects that must be what it is set file attribute yeah that's got to be what it is okay so anyway set fatter so s-e-t-f as in foxtrot a-t-t-r dot desktop so open that file up and then you're going to make you're we're making a dot desktop file right so it's going to be uh the bare minimum here uh bracket square bracket desktop entry that's desktop space entry square bracket type equals service mime type equals all slash all files. That's A-L-L slash A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. All sort of one one string. All slash all files. Semicolon. Actions equals, uh, call it my set fatter. That's just all one string. My set fatter. All right. Then you open up a new square bracket. Desktop space action space my set fatter. Close bracket. So you see what we've done there, right? In the actions line, We've said, I want you to act, when, when this desktop entry is invoked, I want you to execute my set fatter. What's my set fatter? Well, it's a desktop action, which we're defining now. So desktop action. This is classic programming stuff, right? It's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just declare it up here. I'll just make something up. Actions equals my set fatter. Wait, what's my set fatter? It's just something I made up. Well, you can't set actions to something that doesn't exist yet. Well, yeah, you can in programming because it's, it's uh, the computer's smart that way and it'll cycle through the whole text file to kind of find its bearings before it actually takes action, which is great. I mean, that's, that's really actually a, a luxury, but I do admit that it's a little bit weird because you think, well, my set fatter doesn't exist yet. Well, you're still going to use it. So, okay, desktop action, my set fatter. Name equals add metadata. That's add space metadata. Icon equals, this is arbitrary, I set it to slash user slash share slash icons slash breeze slash actions slash symbolic slash insert dash text dash symbolic dot svg. It's optional, doesn't matter, you can put anything there really, as long as that anything exists. And then finally, this is the last line of our nine line sort of script, I guess. Uh, exec equals set fatter dash n, which is the 
uh, it's the um, the name of the attribute you're setting. So it's dash dash name is what you're actually doing here. So set fatter dash dash name, and then you can call it whatever you want. Because the email exchange I had, uh, we were using user.tag as the name of the attribute. That's what I've been using. It doesn't have to be user tag. It could be, it could be user.description. It could be user. Uh, text it, it, whatever honestly it can just be whatever you want it's it's you're just declaring a name of a uh, of an attribute set, uh, of extended of metadata uh, a key a, a key and value pair right and this is the key user.tag next you're going to define the value dash dash value quote dollar sign parentheses k dialog space dash dash text input box space single quote, enter, space, metadata, close, single quote, close parentheses, close quote, space, percent F. So what we've done there is that we have said we're going to run, when when this desktop gets, this desktop entry gets run, it's going to run the set fatter command, and it's going to create or ref reference a key value called user.tag. And then it is going to set the value of that key to the results of running kdialog dash dash text input box enter metadata and it's going to do that on percent f which is the currently the thing that you have right clicked on in your desktop percent f that's the code the code word the code sequence for the thing that you have clicked on on this desktop that's not like a universal thing but it's a pretty it's a fairly universal it's pretty common for percent f to stand for uh for instance a file that you have activated that you have selected in a desktop it's not it's not terribly uncommon for that to be a thing so you save that and then you do a chmod plus x until the slash dot local share uh what is it uh kio yeah kio service menus set fatter dot desktop you hit return so now that's that is now um ha that has permission to be run as a as a as an application essentially or as a script or as a desktop file okay so now if i open up dolphin and i right click on any file here's a markdown file i'll go down to actions in my right click menu here's create data project with k3b print with Caligra words, encrypt file, encrypt file, sign and encrypt, show metadata, oops, not that one, add metadata. If I click on that, I get a little K dialog box that says enter metadata, and I can put in things like, hello world, click OK, and maybe something's happened, maybe not, it's kind of hard to tell. Well, let's do a get fatter, this is just in the, uh, just in the terminal, get fatter, dash dash dump, um, light, yeah, this is the markdown file. So mymarkdownfile.md. And it says file, mymarkdownfile.md, user.tag equals hello world. So the metadata exists. It's there. I've just tagged a file with a right click. Um, now the cool thing about this is that you don't have to do this as a text entry box. The K dialog, if I do K dialog dash dash help, um, you don't have to say like you don't have to do dot dash dash text input box you could do dash dash combo box or dash dash menu dash dash checklist dash dash radio list all kinds of things that you could put in there so that a person might not even have to if you're trying to tag things consistently maybe you want to tag 
stuff as either foo or bar or baz, but you don't remember from one day to the next whether that was foo with a capital F or a lowercase f, was it bar with one R or two bars, was it baz with an S or a Z, you just can't remember those things, it's really complex. So what you could do instead is set the set the, the metadata, set fatter, to the results of kdialog dash dash combo box um, metadata space foo space bar space baz and in that case you get a little dialog box that says metadata and there's a little uh, little combo box here a little selector and i click on the selector foo bar and baz select that and it returns foo or bar or baz whatever i selected so there's a lot of flexibility here with how you you know what you're trying to enter or or you could you could have different levels too you could say or different categories like you could say that you wanted to be able to add metadata or add a tag or add a description or add metadata you know and maybe the tag would be the selector where you'd select which item you want but then the the metadata would be the free free you know just a comment or whatever i mean it's up to you you can do whatever you want uh through k dialog you got a lot of different formats available and you got calendar selectors sliders combo boxes text entry and so on okay so now let's talk real quick about actually seeing this outside of git fatter dash dash dump um i don't have a great solution for this yet um i mean the solution i think largely depends on what you're actually trying to do. So again, K dialog has a bunch of different options, and I think the way that the, the way that I could think to, to do this is to do a Emacs of tilde slash dot local slash share slash KIO slash service menus get fatter dot desktop. And once again, this is like a I don't know, a nine line desktop file. Uh, square bracket desktop entries, close square bracket, type equals service, mime type equals all slash all files, semicolon, actions equals my get fatter and then desktop action, or so square bracket, desktop, space action, space my get fatter, close square bracket, name equals show metadata, icon equals slash user, slash share, slash icon, slash breeze, slash action, slash symbolic, slash, I don't know, whatever you want. I just use the same one, insert text symbolic, but you, you can do whatever. Exec equals k dialog dash dash message box. That's dash dash msg, as in message, msg box, space, quote dollar sign parentheses get fatter space dash dash dump or uh, i think it's i actually just used dash d so let me actually just make sure yeah okay dash dash dump dash dash dump space how do we reference something that we're clicking in a desktop percent f close parentheses close quote save make that executable and then in your file in in dolphin you can now right click on it go down to actions go to show metadata which actually kind of awkwardly shows up before the add metadata which i don't like but i could just rename it i, I think that's a function of get fatter being before the set fatter so i could i could probably rearrange that anyway um i get a little k dialog box it, it's got it, it is a raw output of of get fatter dump so i could instead do something fancy like all right let's do a get fatter on the results of or rather let's do a k dialog box on the results of get fatter dash dash dump percent f pipe grep user tag and then maybe just just print the contents of it 
you know, who knows? Uh, however you wanted to do it, you could you can kind of format it here. The nice thing about K-Dialog is that it is selectable, so if for some reason you need to, you know, select and copy copy the string that you see in the metadata, you can. I don't know, it's kind of nice. Um, I don't know how useful any of that is, you know, because, I mean, ultimately, I, I feel like the metadata, you're going to want, you would really ideally see some kind of indication of that metadata in in your graphic desktop like i don't know what that would look like but i mean it it would be something it would be it would be like a um well i mean wouldn't it be great to be able to get that sort of highlighting thing you know that mac os has done for ages and for some reason nobody on linux ever thinks i guess nobody wants that on linux uh you can add like little stars to to folders i think on gnome last time i i checked you could put like little icons by them um or maybe that wasn't even a gnome anymore maybe that's just on like cinnamon or mate or something or mate um i don't know either way this gives you ac some access to to metadata and anyway the point actually was wasn't metadata right the the actual point is look what you can do with k service and that's the kind of thing you can do with k service i mean it's not exclusively k service k service is the is the thing in the Plasma desktop that is recognizing those .desktop files. And it just so happens that part of K-Service's sort of ability that it, that it provides you is that you can customize your right-click menu. And, and the way that you do that, potentially, is by is is by adding KIO slash service menus to your dot local slash share uh, directory and then put a bunch of desktop files in there. Now, the, the MIME type line which is line one two three on each of these two files um i have set to all slash all files because i want i want to be able to add metadata to all files no matter what but if for some reason you had a dot desktop file that applied just to a specific file type like you know like maybe you want to create a right click menu that converts jpegs to webp uh just automatic like quickly but that that particular service would be useless to you on a plain text file or a a PNG even because for whatever reason you just want JPEG to WebP. So you could just put in your MIME type uh, image slash JPEG or or whatever the MIME type for JPEGs are. I don't I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's probably something like that. Um, and and then that K service would only show up on that file type. So lots of flexibility here actually. And what I've what I've just demonstrated is is something that you know really is is arbitrary. I mean, it's just, it's just something that I happened to be talking with someone else about and thought, oh, that's something I probably should have mentioned when we when I was talking about K service, and now I have. Let's go on a coffee break. I'll take some listener feedback, and then uh, I think I'll close out the show. <laughs> I'm still working through my sunshine coffee blend from Flight Coffee. And as predicted, didn't I predict this? As predicted, my my taste buds have mostly 
normalized the the uniqueness of this coffee. It's it's fascinating the way that it does that. It just becomes it just becomes normal coffee after a while. And I'm not saying that that there's really that much of a unique taste to the coffee, but it, you know if if it, and I've run out of other coffee beans, so this is the only coffee I have right now. Well, aside from my my Turkish. Uh, coffee um but that's more of an afternoon uh, rather an evening coffee for me so not that it has to be it's just that's the habit that i've developed um but yeah so this is the only this is my sort of my daytime coffee right now and so to me this is just how coffee tastes it's weird but it's so good it really is i'm I'm really really enjoying it i i kind of kind of almost wish other people could experience this coffee blend um i mean other people outside of new zealand but it's it's ridiculous to send stuff to people from New Zealand and vice versa. So I, as much as I want to offer all my listeners a bag of sunshine coffee from Flight Coffee, I'm not going to, uh, but I will recommend it strongly. Okay, so I've got some email here, listener email from, I guess I'll call him Brad because that's that's how his email is signed. I know him by another name, uh, but that's not the email that he's using here, so I'm just gonna say Brad. Anyway, he says, I was listening to episode 490, figured I'd throw in my backup strategy uh, for your perusal. First of all, as Linux has continued to annoy me, systemd, docker, etc., I have gotten deeper and deeper into FreeBSD. Okay, well, first of all, docker is not part of Linux, so I'll just say that, but I, I think what he is saying is that Linux is really concentrating on containers lately, and that, that has annoyed him. Um, I sum it up as systemd drove me to FreeBSD, ZFS was the feature that has kept me there. I have literally converted my entire home network from Debian and FreeBSD, the only exceptions being my wife's desktop and laptop, which run Dev... Dev... Dev1. Dev... Dev1. Dev1. I can respect this. Uh, This is Klaatu. I can respect this. Um, Yeah, I mean, Linux... Linux is going in a a specific direction, I feel. Um, But then again, it's lots of different directions at the same time but but there is a certain through line there about like its launch services and and definitely sort of like the the concept of of i guess sandboxing or 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 whatever uh containment um in a specific way i happen to really be enjoying most of this um i i appreciate system d on the systems that run system d my laptop and my my uh, backup server, um, but I also appreciate a system D less system, such as my primary computer Slackware. And I always feel like a, a real hypocrite when I say I'm fine with system D, and then have to admit to myself also that most of my time is on a system D less system. Um, however, I having said that, I do run system D on my laptop and my backup server, so I, I'm. It's not as if though I'm. It's not a theory. I I do run it, I use it, I interact with it, and I have no problem with it. Brad, on the other hand, has a problem with it, and it has driven him, uh, at least one of the things that's driven him to FreeBSD, and ZFS has kept him on FreeBSD, which, again, I can respect as a Slackware user. I can can see a reality where I don't interact with SystemD on a personal level. But here's here's the rest of Brad's email. So, stage one of my backup strategy depends on ZFS stra- snapshots. On my FreeBSD hardware nodes, I set it up such that ZFS snapshots... Oh, I set up ZFS snapshots on each data set. Each snapshot starts at zero length until you change anything on the data set. So my snapshots are set up as follows. One snapshot every 15 minutes. 
the one at the top of the hour becomes becomes hourly. Uh, 24 hourly snapshots are retained. The one at midnight becomes a daily. Keep seven dailies. The one from Sunday becomes a weekly. Keep four weeklies. And the one from the first week becomes a monthly. Keep 12 monthlies. So at this point in time, I can go back a full year and pull a file. And that doesn't even begin to take into account the fact that ZFS allows you to roll back an upgrade that has gone sideways, plus restoring a file or directory is as simple as a copy command. Now, I could do ZFS sends between other BSD boxes for off-host storage. I have not yet done this, but it is fairly straightforward. Stage two, I have a host, a BSD jail, on my true NAS box running backup PC, which is based on TAR and rsync. I've been using it since about 2002, 2003. And, and actually, this is Klaatu again. I remember this um, because he actually referred me to backup PC uh, a long time ago, like back in 2009, I think, um, or 10. Uh, and I, I think I was using it for a while for at a job, if I'm recalling correctly. Anyway, back to his email. And then stage three for really important stuff that I want to put in offsite storage. I use tarsnap, tarsnap.com, which purports to be online backups for the truly paranoid. Uh, I, Klaatu, have no experience with tarsnap. I don't know anything about it. Uh, back to Brad. I also have taken my coffee snobbery to the next level. I am doing pour-over brewing, and it is pretty wonderful. It is effectively precision-drip coffee. Everything is precisely metered and measured from coffee amount to coffee to water ratio to water temperature to grind size. I use an Alton Browns method. Okay. It has actually been a couple of months since I have used my French press. Um, okay, so I have no idea what any of that means, and I will definitely say that Brad has... Uh, I mean, look, I am not a coffee snob. As a as me, Klaatu, I am not a coffee snob. So to say that Brad has out coffee snobbed me is basically saying that he lays any amount of ownership to that label whatsoever. Because I, I am not a coffee snob. I will drink coffee, really, from like from a puddle outside. If you if if that's where you've brewed your coffee, that's fine. Whatever, just put it in a cup. I'll drink it. Um. So that's that's it. Sounds impressive. I'm I'm glad that. Alton Brown has um, has a method that works <laughs> for Brad. I don't know what any of that means. So anyway, let's talk about this backup stuff. Um, this is this is good. So the ZFS stuff, I have I, I made a commitment at the end of the previous year, or like right before Slackware 15 came out. I made a commitment, a promise to myself uh, that I was going to use ZFS on Slackware 15. And then I didn't do it. And I didn't do it as a, it was a conscious decision not to do it. Um, because Slackware 15, it, it came out and I happened to upgrade my, my hardware to the fancy, um, the, the fancy hardware, hard drive, what's it called? Um, I'm just blanking on the name of whatever stupid kind of drive I have. It's the solid state drive. Um, solid state drive that you put into a PCI slot. What's that called? Um, NV, NVME, right? Yeah, NVME. I'm sure lots of people were sort of shouting that out at their media player as I was struggling with that. Anyway, I have, um, 
I, I, I happened to upgrade my hardware to NVMe at the very moment that Slackware 15 came out, and getting getting used to booting off of NVMe was complex, and, and, and consolidating all my data and doing the partitioning, that was complex enough for me at that time that I just thought, you know what, trying to also then incorporate ZFS into this scheme is just not going to work for me. And so I, I didn't do it. I'm, a, I'm not, like, sorry that I didn't do it. You know, it's like, it's fine. I'm fine with that the decision. But I am just admitting that as, as it happens, I didn't do the thing that I kind of said that I was going to do. Um, I did, for fun, make my slash opt file butterfs. And for some bizarre reason, I, I, I imagine this must have been a weird mistake on my part, but I, I made my slash temp drive butterfs, which is really weird. Um, I'm actually thinking of redoing my temp drive and making it just a RAM disk, honestly. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking about doing. But um, but I, I haven't really thought that through yet because I don't, you know, I have a pretty big temp partition, so I don't, I'm not sure how much how much RAM I actually want to dedicate to that. But anyway, um, so I didn't go with ZFS, and I, it sounds amazing. Brad and Deep Geek have both sung its praises to me for a very, very long time. I feel really bad for not actually trying it, and I know that once I try it, I'm gonna, I am going to be one of those people who are thinking, who, who's, who says, why isn't everyone on ZFS? It's stupid not to be on ZFS, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, the reality is that it's just, it's, that one little setup step that I'm just, I'm still not getting over that little tiny hurdle. It's ridiculous, but it just hasn't happened. But it does sound amazing. Um, I will say, because I have the luxury of saying it, that I feel like both ZFS, ButterFS, whatever, I feel like those, these features, they're, they're nice, they're cool, they're great. I just feel like a lot of file system features, and this kind of echoes my thoughts on metadata, but I just feel like this stuff should be there. It should be so much easier. It should be it should be something that just we have on the computer. And I, I don't understand why it's why it's still elusive after all this time. And and quite possibly I don't understand because I don't understand. I've never designed a file system. I've never created a file system. I I don't even understand inodes, really. I mean I I do, but I don't, right? I, I don't have an intimate relationship with with inodes and how that data is stored and so on. So th there may be lots of great reasons for these things to be sort of hidden away, but just these concepts of like undeleting a file, that should just be super easy. And these automatic, practically automatic backups that ZFS is capable of, these snapshots and stuff, I mean, all of that, it should just be, it should, we should all have it already, at least within the, the Unix and Unix-like world. I know there's licensing stuff and stupid, silly things like that, but but I'm just saying, like technology-wise, this shouldn't even there should be no setup. This should just be built in, and I look forward to a day that it is just built in. So yeah, Brad's solution with ZFS is very cool. It's obviously very cool. It's obviously what everyone should have access to, and I don't know, maybe someday. I think that's about it for this episode. I've got coffee to drink. You've got coffee to drink. Uh, and I'm going to go make some more K-Service menu selections for all kinds of different things that I'll probably never use. But 
Boy, am I going to like my right-click menu when I'm done. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. My name is Klaatu. You can reach me anytime over email with feedback or comments, tips, or just to say hi. My email address is klaatu at slackermedia.info. You can also reach me on the Mastodon network, not klaatu, at mastodon.xyz. The show's intro and outro music is by Fat Chance Lester. You can find their music on bandcamp.com or on gnuworldorder.info in the archive you'll find a music directory containing the album from which this music has been extracted until next time thanks for listening and keep the source open some sacred ritual.